Good afternoon. Welcome to the Fontenelle Final Bell here on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Susan Littlefield. Just don't even look at the screen. Uh, we're just going to sum it up that if you walked away this afternoon and didn't have a chance to see how the markets close, it wasn't pretty. And I'm talking both on the grain and the livestock side, some huge struggles happening in our cattle complex. But I guess if there's a bright light, June and July... Lean Hawks saw some positive numbers. Everything else was pretty much all the way across the board. A lot of red on the screen. A lot of uh, emotion, I think, is going to be tied into these markets beyond what is going to come from the Fed announcement tomorrow. There's a lot of worrisome within this cattle market. A lot of it tied to the dryness and the feedstuffs. That dryness also weighing in on what we see on the grain side. I actually had an agronomist tell me today, this is the drought that just never seems to want to end. Uh, we're going to take a look at what's all affecting the trade today as Kyle Bumstead joins us today with Allendale. And I think to sum it up, this is the drought that just does not seem to want to end really kind of hits home. I mean, when you look at the pockets uh, of the Midwest, and I'm leaving the Dakotas out of it because they can't even get in the field in some areas to plant because of some snow issues yet. But there's a lot of concern out there overall, whether you're grain or livestock, with this dryness we have. Well, that's right, Susan. First of all, thanks for having me back. But yeah, it is the drought that doesn't seem to want to end, at least here in central Nebraska. Uh, we uh, were blessed with about 5,507 inch of rain last week, and that moisture's gone. Uh, between the freezing cold temperatures we've had at night and the uh, wind, that moisture is pretty well gone. So we're back to uh, we're back to the 11th hour here on this drought again here in central Nebraska. Uh, as a matter of fact, uh, most folks uh, you hit on uh, talking with some agronomists there. We've been looking at this alfalfa crop and these forage crops that we seeded early, uh, needing to be pumping some water on them because uh, we've gotten enough to germinate it here. If it was uh, seeded last week, gotten enough to to get it germinated, but we need more water here. Uh, don't the, the, the rain we got last week wasn't enough. It wasn't adequate enough to uh, keep it growing. It's probably going to die if we don't start watering, which it is Nebraska. We do water here. We do pump a lot of water. That's how we make our crops out here is is uh, by pumping water. But we don't have anything in our subsoil here in order to keep this thing going. So it's going to be a continuous nonstop flow of water here. Uh, once we once we start the, once we start irrigating, it's going to be a, a continuous flow the way it looks now. Uh, the pasture and forage situation, it's been hit pretty hard, too. Uh, I know we're talking about alfalfa, but the pasture has been hit hard as well, too. These freezing cold temperatures at night that we've had, you know, dipping down below 30 degrees, below 25 degrees some of these nights here in this uh, wind, it's just taking the moisture right out of it. And so uh, it's it's definitely a dire situation here as far as forage here. Uh, for our cattle situation, Susan. So let's let's take a look at that cattle situation. I mean, you and I were talking before the program. Um, we had to purchase another uh, semi-load of hay that came in um, for our livestock, and we're not the only ones that are looking at the 2nd of May and thinking, huh, I might need some more hay to get me through till we've got some greener pastures. And we've got some cattle producers that are really uh, making some tough decisions over the next couple of weeks. That's right, Susan. And... Uh We've got some chances of showers here this week, but we're sitting here, a lot of these grass calves that were supposed to be uh, going out and getting kicked out to grass here uh, this week and next, even last week, and a lot of people turn out here uh, the 20th of May. That's that's a general rule of thumb between the 20th of May and the 1st of June. A lot of cow-calf guys turn out here. A lot of the grass cattle get turned out here uh, from about the 1st of May. Anywhere during the month of May, a lot of it's, you know, a lot of grass cattle are turned out here in the sand hills. And instead of turning out, Susan, they're getting turned back into the trailer and they're going back to town. So we just don't have the grass. And if you are a, uh, if if you're running yearlings out here, as far as calves on the on the, you know, as far as grass calves, you're having to make that tough decision: Do I liquidate my calves, or do I liquidate my cow herd? 
And a lot of people, uh, two weeks ago, three weeks ago, uh, I was talking sale barn there. A lot of people were liquidating the open cows. Uh, you know, a lot of people that pregged last winter, we got rid of the open cows. Now it's, it's definitely sorting off the, uh, the higher end cows. Now the, the, the better cows are starting to come to town now if we don't get some more rain real quick. And like you said, buying hay, but we can only buy hay so long before uh, we've got to make that decision. So as we look at what happened in, in the markets today, what can we say was the mm-hmm. biggest biggest factor? I mean, we took a, the uh, April feeder cattle. We're at two hundred five ninety five. They dropped three seventy five on the day today. Is it anticipation of the feds tomorrow? Is it worries about feed stuff? Is it a combination of it all? I think there's a combination of everything hitting these markets. When you look at the cattle complex, feeders, uh, feeders specifically, it seems like the boat got loaded uh, to one side quite a bit. I mean, you could open every social media page out there, go to any sale barn there was out there, talk to anybody. Feeder cattle got to go up. Feeders got to go up. They're just going to go up. Boy, this thing's just going to keep going. And I think over time it is going to go up and probably eclipse and make new highs in this complex, but it's not going to be without some setbacks first. And uh, what we saw last week, and last week in particular, as we went home on Friday, there was a lot of direct sales in the southern plains there. And I think that's uh, a big flush of these wheat cattle coming in. There's just not enough wheat pasture down there, and there's just not enough pasture, period. Uh, a lot of Texas direct cattle sales here, uh, and that really pushed that index down. That really dropped that index here. On Monday morning, uh, our index was down to about $1.40 here on a sizable amount of, of uh, feeders coming through here. Now, what we've seen here is what we've seen that happen the last couple of weeks where those Texas direct sales and those Oklahoma direct sales, the Southern Plains direct sales have really pushed that index down to start the week. And then it's taken all week to try to bring that index back. Well, you had April go off the board last week, uh, April feeder cattle. Now you've got May sitting here as top step and May goes off on the 25th. So we have 23 calendar days left on this May contract sitting here at this index somewhere around 202.75, 202.76, somewhere in there. And uh, the May feeder sitting around 205.95 to 206. Well, we still got this. Uh, what do you know, We still got this basis here that's got to come together here at some point in time. Now it'll come together at the end for sure. But the way it's looking, it might want to try to come together uh, before we uh, get into uh, in the settlement on these May feeders. Well, when we come back, I want to hit a little bit on what's happening on this lean hog market because they were the only glimmer of hope um, that we saw within the trade. We'll talk a little bit more about what's going on in livestock, but then switch gears as well to what's happening on the grain side of the trade. Of course, we know we had a crop progress report that came out yesterday. No surprise where we sat numbers and progress in getting this crop in the ground. Maybe a few surprises. We've got one state that's just about completed on their planting of the corn. Lots more to come up. It's a frustrating Tuesday is the best way we can describe it as we take a look at these markets. More is coming up with the Fontenelle Final Bell right here on the Rural Radio Network. Hey, Tom, I see a Fontenelle sign there on your North 80. That corn looks pretty good. Well, yeah, my neighbors had good luck with Fontenelle, so I decided to give it a try. They've been around for quite a while? Well, sure have. In the last three seasons, Fontenelle's 15 top-yielding corn products had over a nine-bushel advantage over Pioneer's commercially available leading volume corn products. Wow, that's impressive. I'm thinking I might add some Fontenelle to my farm. Well, just contact your local dealer or go to Fontenelle.com if you want more information. Read and follow pesticide-label directions, grain marketing, and other stewardship practices. Welcome back to the Fontenelle Final Bell here on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Susan Littlefield as we continue our conversation this afternoon with Kyle Bumstead. Kyle, of course, with Allendale. So before we switch over to the grain side of it, wanted to talk about the only bright spot. Well, there were two, but um, that was the nearby in the Class 3 milks and then the lean hogs in both the June and the July contracts, seeing some positive numbers. Nice to see a, a turnaround for these hogs because, as we know, they've had struggles for, for quite some time. 
Well, that's right, Susan, they have. And uh, when you look at the chart here, uh, March 13th, our high on this June contract was uh, 103.27, and our low here finishing up the um, uh, towards the end of April here, the low is 84.62. So Hogs had, uh, had a big move here in a few weeks' time frame. You know, six weeks, we took quite a bit off this hog complex. And uh, the whole time, the pork cutout had been dropping, and the, the cash market had been dropping as well, too. So I think moving forward here, uh, as, as the consumers, you know, if we do have some issues here, you know, as far as this interest rate decision and things like that, we, we saw by the jobs report this morning that uh, there are some signs of contraction here when we look at things. The pork cutout uh, is running a lot cheaper than beef. You could see this, uh, the, the pork cutouts, that could uh, be a substitute. I guess pork could be a substitute here as we get into grilling season, the cheaper protein here for folks to uh, maybe switch over to. I'm not saying that, uh, you know, we won't find some bargains on beef as we get into grilling season, but uh, dollar per dollar pork could be the cheaper cut here that folks uh, might go to. And we've seen some other things happen here as far as anecdotal uh you know, headlines here this week in the complex where uh, we've seen a large, uh, what do I want to say, a, a, a large uh, pork producer shutting down quite a few south farms in uh, Missouri. Don't know if that's going to be the case or not. Don't know how many for sure it's going to take off the market. There's all kinds of numbers being thrown around. We won't know. But if that's the case, that's probably going to help those deferred issues a lot better here than the front month. But we have seen that uh, here recently, these non-commercials, the funds have had a major net short. They had record net shorts in this hog complex here up until I believe it was last week. So we could see them start to do some short covering there. And I think that's what the case is. When you look at the charts here uh, week over week, uh, last uh, <clears throat> last uh, last Tuesday, the 25th, we closed uh, the hog complex here at uh, 87.05. And today we're going to close it here at 89.95. So about uh, $2.90 here that uh, we've been up. So it looks to me like there's some non-commercial buying in there as well as that price went up during the week. All right, it's time to switch gears and take a look at what's happened on this on this grain side of the trade. The complex there, there as well, seeing some big drops. And I'm sure the, the influence of what we might see tomorrow coming from the feds and this continued dryness. And it's not just here in you know parts of Nebraska, Kansas, Oklahoma. We know that Illinois, Indiana are dealing with some dry weather as well. It just is kind of weighed in. And that old saying, I had a guy tell me about it yesterday at coffee. You know, planting the dust, the bins will bust. Let's kind of hope that that will happen for many of these producers. Well, it's it's certainly possible. Uh, but a lot of these, uh, a lot of the weather services are, are, have been saying that our uh, weather pattern has been changing. Maybe it has, maybe it hasn't, but we haven't seen much of a change here as far as, uh, you know, out here in the western Corn Belt, west of the river. So looking at things here that is uh on the back of our mind here moving forward we do have this uh you know big drought we, we are drier now than uh, 2012 when we came to the 2012 season we're just a lot cooler and a lot of times cold weather uh doesn't really bring moisture here we need warm weather here to get that here as far as the plains we need those systems to come up out of the four corners region we're not seeing those systems come up here but you do have most of central iowa here today on may 2nd in fire warning uh you know there's there's a lot of danger out there and then you saw the dust storm there uh, in central Illinois as well. So it is dry. There are a lot of things here as far as weather that, you know, should or, or could help this complex out. They're just not seen at this point in time. I think what happened here, we had a lack of demand here as far as our export picture. The feed picture, given the cattle on feed numbers that, uh, you know, we've been seeing through the government reports, if you believe or not, we have plenty of feed here. We have plenty of uh, feed demand here late this summer, and our ethanol grind has been uh, on pace as well, too. Granted, a little bit slower than last year, but still good. Uh, we are still using a, a couple legs of our uh, of our three legs of demand there, Susan. So I do think uh, a lot of this has been money flow, like you mentioned here, uh, with this uh, interest rate decision, stuff like that. 
we do have that to uh, deal with. But like I said before, um, the middle of May here sometimes is an inflection point here with this market. We either have been rallying into this May crop report, which I know a lot of the trade is going to be balled up saying this is going to be our first look at new crop corn and new crop production. Actually, it's the third first <laughs> look we're going to see at it because we saw that at the forum and we've seen it a couple times here with guesses and estimates coming out from the USDA. So it's going to be about the third first look we're going to get at new crop uh, production. And uh, looking at things here, when you look at that SEPDES corn spread last week, it got uh, hammered pretty good. And that tells me that there was a lot of crop got planted here last week and it did. So, you know, you look at those numbers there that they come out, I think with the crop progress numbers uh, showed, we did see, uh, you know, make a sizable move here as far as planning progress. I think uh, this week here, you know, if we were to get some rain and slow this thing down, it might slow us up a little bit, but uh, that remains to be seen. Now, lots of great stuff that we talked about today, Kyle. If somebody wants to have further conversations with you, what's the best way to get a hold of you? You can call me at 308-708-7340 or wave when you go through Erickson. All right. Sounds good. Thanks so much, Kyle. Kyle Bumstead's been joining us today. As we always remind folks, commodity futures and options do involve a substantial risk of loss not suitable to all investors. That is today's Fontenelle Final Bell being brought to you by Fontenelle Hybrids and all your local dealers. Check it out as a podcast at ruralradionetwork.com or the platform that you subscribe to your free podcast at. It is today's Fontenelle Final Bell on the Rural Radio Network.